Hi, Church Viking. It's so excited to be with you again. Got the joy to share the word today. And I'm going to speak to you about how to leave our past behind and how to step into this new season without having all the baggage, all the things that we're bringing into a season. And we can step into a place of understanding what God has in store for us. I want to pray with you. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your favor. I thank you, Lord, that your word cannot return void, but it must accomplish what is sent forth to do. And I pray, Lord, as we listen and as we participate in this word, that you will touch people's lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Our hearts is the center of our lives, and without our hearts we cannot function. But our hearts incorporate our emotions, our spirit man, and our body man. And the Bible says that it's so important, whatever we put from the outside in, it's going inside of our heart. And it's important to have a healthy heart. So many times in our lives, we are affected by things that happen on the outside, positive, negative things. And we tend, when we are facing negative things, to forget the positive, forget about the breakthroughs that we had. A while ago, I was visiting one of my friend's churches, and he didn't know I'm going to be there, and we attended a Sunday morning service, and he, when he saw me, he just gave me a big hug. But he had a strong aftershave or cologne on him. And for that whole day, when I was driving, I smelled the same aftershave or cologne. Now, that can be positive or negative if I didn't like it, but it was very, I was very aware of this smell. In love, there's sometimes things that have specific smell or fragrance that affects our emotions, our lives. And I want to take you to a, a story of the disciples in Mark chapter 8. Many years ago, I was facing a tremendous uh, mountain before me, and I was spending some time in the Word, and I was reading through this, and I, I don't know how to solve this problem. And when I started to read this Word, it started to make sense how the world outside is affecting my inside world, and it's affecting my faith. Now, in Mark chapter 8, you see the disciples just attended came from the second multiplication of bread. And on their way to have some vacation, some time out, they met some Pharisees. And I want to read this to you in Mark eight eleven to 13. It says, And the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, demanding from him a sign from heaven, and to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation demand a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. So on their way to vacation, just after a miracle, the Pharisees didn't attend this meeting, but now they see Jesus and now they want him to perform a, a sign for them. The disciples with Jesus on their way now to vacation are experiencing this. And, and some might have thought, Jesus, why don't you just do something? Maybe fry a... Uh, a tree, do something, uh, zap one of them, just do something and show them there's a sign. But Jesus didn't want to participate with the Pharisees' unbelief. 
Now the disciples are tired, they're getting on a boat, they're going to have some vacation, and we read in verse 14 to 21 the following. I'm going to read verse by verse and just break it up as we're going through this. Verse 14 says, And the disciples had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in a boat with them. I don't know how many times you've been to the grocery store, to the store, and you're supposed to buy bread. And when you come back home, you bought a lot of other things, but you forgot the bread. For one season, when I just got married to Celeste, um, she sent me to buy some cinnamon. And when I went to for the spices, the ginger and the cinnamon literally looked the same. The boxes looked the same. And so I bought some ginger instead of cinnamon. So at one stage, we had a cupboard full of ginger and no cinnamon. And I, I remember many times going to the store and I forgot what I'm supposed to bring. The subs forgot to bring bread and I only had one loaf of bread. That just came from a multiplication where Jesus did a miracle around bread. And one bread between 13 of them might have been enough if they understood that Jesus is in the boat. But because they were affected by the smells and the fragrances outside, it affected their faith. And let's continue with the scripture. And as he was giving orders to them, he said, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now the Pharisees stood for religion. And it meant that they they believed in God, but God did not have any power. The leaven of Herod meant that money is our God. And so they allowed the outside world to affect the inside world. Verse 16 says, And they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. They had one loaf of bread, but they argued and they allowed the arguing of the Pharisees to affect their whole understanding. And Jesus, aware of this in verse 17, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet comprehend or understand? Do you still have your heart hardened? Having eyes, you do not see. Having ears, do not hear and do not remember. So Jesus is saying to them, What is happening to you? Don't you realize what you just saw? what you just experienced, I'm in a boat with you, and now you're hardening your heart. And let's go continue in verse 19. It says, And when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, Twelve. And they said, When I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said, seven. And Jesus said to them, do you not yet understand? So many times we miss the miracle in the boat. We miss the fact that Jesus is in 2024 in our boat. Jesus is in the middle of our lives. And we miss the fact that how many times he has done miracles in our past life because of the fragrances, because of the things that we hear from the outside, it affects our heart. And then we tend to forget 
easily the breakthroughs that we had. If you're facing a tough time, there's, there's things that you're dragging from the previous year into this year. You're facing these things and you look at your natural ability or your circumstances. Maybe if you look at your bank account or you look at your abilities towards your work or your body or your health and you look at that, you might get discouraged. You might get discouraged because of the outside reports. And you will definitely forget that who is in your boat. When we go in the rest of the Lord, when we start to rest in Him, and we know that He is in our boat, He's in the middle of our lives, He's in our hearts, and we start to focus on Him, we realize that He is our bread. He's called the bread of life. He's called our provision. He's called our source. He's, he's our father, he's our friend, he's, he's interested in solving our problems, and he's interested in giving us a story that we can share with others. But because these disciples, going back to them, allowed the Pharisee, the religious spirit, to say, oh, we pray, but we don't believe that God has might and power to deliver us, or Yes, we pray, but if we don't see it, we don't have it in our bank account, then we won't believe. And Jesus said to them, why do you harden your heart? Don't you yet understand? They had the ability as disciples to see the greatest miracle and hear about the greatest miracle ever in their lives because Jesus was in their boat. Paul writes, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that we should not become so well-adjusted to our culture that we fit into it without even thinking. You see, it says, don't become so well-adjusted to this culture, this world around us, that we fit into it with not thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you. And quickly respond to it. And then this, this profound statement. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So if the culture around us will bring us to a place of unbelief, bring us to a place that we harden our hearts, bring us to a place that we start to represent something that is not from inside. We don't represent the new changed life in Christ Jesus. How do we change this? Paul again writes in Ephesians 1, and he speaks to the Ephesians, and he prays over them. And he prays this following thing in verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In, in the Hebrew culture, they believe that a heart has eyes, can see. And in a sense, it's so true because when we are facing emotions and things from the outside, it, it tends to us to protect our hearts or tends us to stop of allowing things coming in and our focus change. And Paul is praying for these Ephesians and praying for the church and says, 
I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may see, that you may see the miracle. And that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples in the boat. I pray, I want you to understand and don't let the world around you squeeze you. Don't harden your hearts. You know when Paul is praying for them? And this is my prayer for you today. He's praying three things for them. I pray that you will know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the boundless greatness of his power towards us who believe. Three things. When we focus and we ask God to enlighten our hearts, and we ask him to help us to discover the hope, the joy of why we are on earth, what is our purpose, And the second thing is to ask him to show us what is our inheritance, what is the provision that he has for us. And thirdly, to understand the tremendous power and might that's inside of him. When we we tap into that and the eyes of our hearts start to open, we'll reach into the impossible and pull it into the possible. Paul again writes to the Colossians, and I love how it says, in the message. So if you are serious about this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Perceive the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb the things right in front of you. Be alert on what is going on around Christ. I want to ask you today to to be alert, to be aware to trust God, to enlighten your heart, that you won't harden your heart, but you will allow in this year that you will have a soft heart before the Lord, that He can speak to you, that you will be able to remember the miracles He has done before, that you will be able to step into the new season, understanding that He has you in His hand. Paul says to them, remember, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. Therefore, when the Word of God is so clear about this, whatever is in our heart, we will start to speak about it. And I want to encourage you in this year to start to speak life, start to partner with what God is doing, and trust God to see His heavenly realm entering your physical realm. I want to pray with you, and I'm going to trust God that we're going to see and experience miracles upon miracles, and we won't lose heart, but we will be encouraged in Him, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your favor. I thank you, Lord, that you will encourage our listeners. And Lord, we pray right now, for hearts to soften before you. And we pray, Lord, that you will touch people. Lord, that impossible things will become possible in Jesus' name. Therefore, Lord, I pray that each heart will be enlightened to see what is the hope of their calling, the inheritance of the riches in you, and the tremendous power that you release in and through their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.